0: hey everybody welcome to text request talks where we have conversations with business leaders about how they make things happen presented by text request the business text messaging platform that lets you uh, text from your office phone numbers directly on your computer or any other device so you can stop making phone calls and start actually getting responses learn more at textrequest.com. i'm kenneth burke and today we're talking with larissa walega who is the senior vp and chief growth officer For zybart international larissa thanks for being here
1: thank you for having me ken
0: all right so just give us a quick intro what do you do for zybart what does zybart do if people aren't familiar with the brand just give us the uh the overview
1: yeah sure thanks um zbart was founded in 1959 on rust protection um and since we've diversified into services like detailing window tint, paint protection films, um, sprayed on bed liner, um, but still rust protection is a very large part of our business. So this year in 2024, we're celebrating 65 years as a company. Um, that's pretty unheard of in the franchising space. We're actually one of the founders. Um, our original founders were part of the International Franchising Association's Um, founding chapter, if you say, um, to really bring the association forward. So we're very proud of our history and legacy within franchising um, and have a lot of great things planned for this year. Um, I've been with ZBART for, it'll be 15 years this July. Um, I started as a local store promotions and advertising manager, region one, the longest title on a business card ever, and uh, slowly grew with the company led marketing for a number of years. And now um, as the chief growth officer, I'm responsible for not only marketing, but franchise development as a whole, and just helping the company um, realize and achieve their growth goals.
0: What kind of expansion have you seen in that 15 years?
1: I've seen a lot of expansion, um, both domestically and internationally as well. Um, you know, that it's interesting you ask that question because on top of um, new franchise owners coming into our system. We've also see expansion into other ways, one being expansion of our current franchise owners into multi-store owners, um, but also an interesting expansion which is very near and dear to our brand's heart is the legacy that happens. So passing that store down from generation to generation and staying with the franchise. Um, We have a number of owners who do that. Um, We may even have the above average rates of that at this point within the franchising world. But um, when we talk about expansion, there's multiple different avenues.
0: How many uh, territories do you have currently, give or take?
1: Um, We don't actually sell territories. We um, sell primarily single unit um, license agreements, although we've had um, tremendous interest and growth um, in the multi-unit space as well. Um, But in the U.S., we're in right around 20 states um, with, you know, expansion goals, obviously beyond that. We're primarily in the Midwest and the East Coast, um, although growing very heavily in states like Florida, Texas, Arizona. Um, So we're really excited for the opportunity um, to service drivers in the South.
0: And then a a large part of your role currently or, or more recently has been franchise development. So walk me through what works to help you do that and bring people in.
1: Yeah, well, my background was in marketing. so you know, naturally with any leader who takes on a role um, or a growth opportunity, you know, I'm kind of educating myself in any of the places that um, I need further education into too. But because I've been so active and involved in the franchising community for 15 years, um, it's kind of been a natural transition. But I would say in terms of um, really letting and setting the groundwork for franchise development, It's really just unpacking everything, right? Even starting with our franchise disclosure document and looking at that, understanding where there's places that we can optimize that document to have better conversations, relationships, and success for our franchise owners. So we're really kind of going from the ground up here. Um, You know, being around for 65 years, we don't necessarily need to start over because there's so many wonderful aspects of our company Um, where we've seen tremendous sales growth over the last 10 years. So there's just different parts and aspects that we can optimize to make it even better. And that's what we're trying to do.
0: How do you go about telling that story? You know, we've got this kind of a legacy brand now who has a long uh, history of being a, a good business and then uh, B being a um, kind of a cornerstone in the franchising space, helping start IFA leading know, through there or through that channel as well. Um, So just walk me through that. How do you tell that story? What do you really harp on uh, to make people want to be a part of it?
1: When we talk and think about, you know, telling that story internally, everything really revolves around our brand's positioning, right? Um, We are here to help you keep and bring back that new car feeling. So when we talk about, um, we actually have a brand positioning statement for Franchise Development too that we're finalizing right now. You know, we know that's a much different customer to us, and we do look at them all as customers, be it franchise owners, the millions of drivers we serve, even, and very importantly, the employees here at our Franchise Support Center as well, when we're thinking about, you know, what's important to them, what makes them tick, why are they interested in z it all falls back to that first um, brand positioning statement and our mission statement, too. So we start and unpack from there and then connect that to the franchise owner's why, right? Which most franchise owner's whys are pretty much the same. There's nothing like outlandishly different about ZBART other than you probably have a taste and a flair for automotive. And maybe you don't want to be in the dirty, grimy, messy part of automotive, but you kind of want to be in the cool, we say, maybe even the sexier side of automotive. So Everything about us is about cleaning, enhancing, and protecting. So if that's a business that you're interested in being in and also bringing to your community, that's where the storytelling really starts.
0: And then how do you go about empowering your franchise owners and really enabling them to bring in more customers? And I guess, especially if you're opening up a new location, just talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, it's really all starts with the training and support, right? So they're coming to Zbar. They're coming here to our franchise support center. They're going to a store. They're going to a corporately owned store. We're very grateful. We have 11 within the United States. So those are wonderful testing grounds, breeding grounds for new franchise owners and employees as well. Um, but it starts with that franchise training and support right off the bat. And then from there, we're very grateful. We have a fairly large marketing team here of about eight. Um, who specialize in, in different aspects of marketing, but they have a very strong field marketing support team who takes them through from the time they sign on that license agreement to the grand opening and beyond. They're working right with them to talk about how that grand opening can be impactful. And then after the grand opening, what can we do to keep that buzz going?
0: So how much of, how much of sales and marketing for the franchise owners is handled by the home office versus the individual owner?
1: I would say probably 75% of the marketing and advertising is handled by the home office with 25% being on the shoulders of the franchise owner. And that can vary. Um, I say that because what's happening at the home office is, you know, very brand specific, um, And then taking that brand specificity and dialing it down to what makes sense from a digital perspective, what makes sense for support, even within the store, you can see right behind me, even there's, you know, different aspects of decor and merchandising that we provide to and become a part of that 25%, though, I'm, I'm always talking to franchise owners about it's very important that they understand what that means. It's very local based and, a lot of it can be girl and marketing tactics but you know some of it is you know making sure to invest in local advertising within your market too to complement national conversations that might be going on
0: how do you balance uh, i guess local from each franchise owner versus uh home office managing a local presence like a google business listing um, and earning online reviews or or things like I, I mean you mentioned advertising i can understand billboards and such but Yeah, the customer experience
1: part is very important to us. So from the right now, we're scalable that we help um, a great deal in that aspect. Um, Google My Business listings, Yelp listings, even Facebook. Those are our top three. And we manage all of those for our franchise owners. We provide them tools, resources, support and training to gather online reviews. But right now we help. um, tremendously a large group of them respond to those reviews, and then also help them work through any reviews that, you know, may need some attention. So we do a lot of training um, within that. And we also connect our customer service department that's here too. So we were really one of the first brands that I can recall, that really kind of took that on in house. And again, it's manageable right now. As growth continues, you know we may look at that process and see where there's places to optimize that and possibly relook at our time spent. Um, but right now it's important to us to show our customers that their feedback is very important to us. And if there's something that isn't right, we wanna help our franchise owners understand that and then coach them in how to fix it.
0: I'd imagine each of your locations more or less lives or dies by appointment scheduled. And yeah. <laughs> so tell me how do you how do you get more appointments or keep the keep the books filled?
1: That is a great question. Um, we actually u- utilize a variety of ways to do that. Um, our first it kind of is a growing cadence approach but our first approach um, actually was with text messaging with text requests so um, we utilized our texting program from an operations standpoint to confirm appointments to remind about appointments um, and then specifically within our model when you have a service completed that requires an annual maintenance reminding you about that maintenance appointment and getting that scheduled too so, We've definitely seen, there's certain services that we have that we see no-show rates um, a little bit higher than others, and we've definitely decreased those no-show rates quite a bit within those service lines.
0: Well, one, I love the text request piece there, of course. Two, it's really interesting that different services have different no-show rates. Is, Is there any particular reason or commonality you can see that would create that?
1: I think the strongest commonality we see is um, the lower ticket service items, shockingly, right, end up having perhaps more no-show rates than versus, let's say, a rust protection or a sprayed-on bedliner or a complete detailing, you know, those services that have a higher dollar value, that person's probably thought through this and they're probably also getting that service for a vehicle that is quite a top dollar as well. I don't know, you know, as you know, vehicle prices continue to increase whether new or used. So when we're looking at the type of person who's interested in our services, I would say, again, the lower value, sometimes they're not completely ready or something else took precedence or importance as to where they were utilizing their money or investing. Um, but for the most part, the items that um, are just a little bit more expensive tend to, we don't they, they're coming in, they're getting it serviced because it's taking care of their vehicle. It's just like if you think about like, you know, an insurance plan as well too, right? You have, let's say on your home, you know, you're insuring that home to ensure that it keeps its value. It's the same thing with a vehicle as well. Many of the services that we provide in the end, when you're ready to sell that vehicle, when you look at places like Kelly Blue Book or anything, and you're trying to look at value of vehicles, when you look at good, average, you know, low, whatever that key may be, when you look at the highest level, that's no rust. And so when you're immediately thinking about that, and you want that highest value for that vehicle you're coming to us and making sure that it's rust proofed and it's also cleaned as well too from the inside you know minimal staining and whatnot so
0: do you see any difference in particular uh, or any heavier weight for your customers coming from say a car rental businesses and dealerships or farmers you you work a lot in the midwest i'm from the deep south so i think about you know these $100,000 work trucks yeah um versus just your average consumer is there any big difference there
1: we definitely see predominantly um you know i'd say about 30% of the vehicles that come into our stores are trucks and then another 30% are SUVs so just between the two you're already at about 60% right so um the more expensive the vehicle, that's typically what's happening. We're seeing higher ticket vehicles that are coming in that want to protect when it comes right off the lot. If it's a new vehicle, um, then they're coming in within six months because it doesn't look like it just came off the lot. So they want to clean it. Um, and that protection isn't just about rust, though, it's also about paint protection. So, one of our most, um, our newest services that is gaining such popularity is our um, ceramic Z-gloss coating. So by getting that paint coating, you essentially never have to wax again. um, And it keeps that shine. I can't, I could tell you stories all day about my neighbors who were interested in looking at it too. And I had a gentleman neighbor who got a Z-gloss on this truck that's like 15 years old. And all the other neighbors were coming over. They're like, did you get a new truck? And how'd you find the same one? And he's like, no, I just got ceramic Z-gloss. So it really does just change the appearance of your vehicle
0: that's amazing i want to switch gears a little bit here uh in the beginning you mentioned that you were still learning and still figuring some things out i'm paraphrasing and i'm curious for somebody who's who's at the top essentially where do you go to learn you know whenever you have questions or you're trying to figure something out are there are there books is there a a group are there certain people just how do you how do you keep moving forward
1: I would love to be that person to tell you that I read the books that the people say they read all the time. Um, But my lifestyle does not really uh, is conducive to that right now. So, you know, I've spent the 15 years or so that I've been in franchising really um, cultivating and growing relationships within franchising. Um, I'm very involved in the International Franchise Association. I'm actually becoming the chair Of the Women's Franchise Committee in February for two years. So um, between that space, I have met so many people that are so willing to share, be open. That's what's so different about franchising is that when people are new to it and they come into it, they're almost blown away by like, I can't believe you just shared that. Like, isn't that a secret? And Once you kind of understand franchising and what it's all about, which it is heavily based on relationships, you know, you have that opportunity to grow. And so I'm a part of many different groups who we almost rely on each other as this, you know, sounding board. And it can be the smallest thing to the biggest, you know, challenge that we have. But we're sharing with each other to help each other grow. And I think that's what franchising is all about, right? Our franchise owners do the same thing. They talk to each other. They share all the time, you know, challenges or great ideas that worked in their store um, to make everybody else successful. Community is such a big part of franchising um, that if that's not something you're interested in, you probably don't want to be in the business. So, you know, to come back to answer your question, it really is about the relationships that I've built to learn. And then coupled with, you know, the six or seven conferences that we try to go to in a year Um, laser focused on where there's opportunity for myself to grow.
0: Has there been anything that you've done in particular in the last year or so, either for yourself or for ZBART that has had kind of an outsized impact?
1: Well, yes. Um, I would say that, and it wasn't just me, it was, um, you know, led by our CEO, but we've, Seen lots of change um, over the course of the last two years. And we have so many things. If we were having this conversation in like even 60 days, I'd have so many things to share with you, but we haven't shared them with our franchise owners. So I can't share them with you yet. But um I would say that the number one thing that we've done that has really just shaped and continued to shape our culture is just making sure that we're really dialed in and listening to our franchise owners. We utilize um, franchise business reviews, satisfaction survey, and it's so important to us. I mean, we build much of our strategy around the feedback that comes from that survey in terms of not only the things that we're doing well to grow our relationship And we want to continue those, but also the things that we're not. And we take those, you know, it's usually about three themes every year and we review them as a leadership team and we kind of assign them almost to certain people and we really build, you know, thoughts, ideas, content, training. It is then the theme of our entire year because we know in order for our franchise owners to be successful, there has to be trust. And so... We really take that survey very seriously.
0: Do you see fairly large shifts year to year in survey results or is it fairly consistent?
1: Um, We've constantly seen growth over the last four years, four to five years that we've been annualized about the survey. Um, It's a lot to move the needle. So we keep moving the needle up, which is good. Um, And I think in the places where you know, year over year and annually, I'll even say as of two years ago, where it was big strides to make movement in the places that um, our franchise owners were feeling like we just had some opportunity for growth. We did that over the course of one year. And so now we just keep pulling at different places. And it's I will, you know, I'll be honest with you, it can be challenging. We being a 65 year old brand, I have pockets of franchise owners all in different places in their franchise ownership journey. I have some owners that have been with us for 40 plus years. I've got some at 20, I've got some at zero, five, 10. I mean, they're all over the board. So, you know, every conversation we have, every plan of growth that a franchise owner has is very individualized to their own goals because we just can't can't be otherwise.
0: (laughs) So you're doing a ton, the brand is doing a ton. There's a lot of growth going on. Uh, You mentioned your lifestyle isn't necessarily conducive to reading books. And so I'm really curious, what do you do to rest or recharge so you can come back and keep the momentum going?
1: Um, I, interesting you asked that. I just started doing yoga um, and I've actually found it very, I mean, I'm not doing anything crazy, right? There's no like handstands and stuff happening. Okay. Like we're nowhere there yet, but the, um, meditation in it, as well as just like being still, it forces you to do that. I mean, there's no phone, no computer, no anything. You're just with a mat and a bunch of people in a room and I have found it very therapeutic. So I've started that. Um, I've tried to be more, um, you know, uh, specific and intentional about working out a little bit more because that, you know, releases some of that stress too. But, It's just, I don't look at this as a job. Like it's so much fun. I'm having so much fun in what I'm doing. I enjoy leading the team. I enjoy coaching. I love mentorship. Um, I'm so grateful for everything that Z-Bart and the franchising community has given me. And I'm kind of at a point now where I can start to give it back even more. So that's really, that's the type of person that I am. It, It doesn't overexert me, stress me out or anything because as we see all the time, right? Like pressure is privilege. So I'm just very grateful to have the opportunity.
0: And fun is a pretty hefty competitive advantage too. So yeah. that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's all right. Awesome. I've got one last question for you before I let you go. Um, if you, there are a lot of people who are going who are looking up to you, especially with all of your, your tenure, your expertise, the brand you lead what's a piece of advice you would leave with others who are in a similar position or trying to get to a similar position about how they could grow in their career or help their brand thrive?
1: I got a piece of advice probably five to seven years in my career that has really stuck with me and that's um, enjoy the ride and don't be in a hurry And everyone is in such a hurry and I get it, right? You know, when you first start in your career, I was on the advertising agency side and it was a very, okay, got to get promoted in six months and then promoted again. And that's just how it was. And there wasn't really a lot of talk about like enjoying the moment and understanding that it's a process. So I think if you can keep that in your mind, that You're not expected to walk off the stage if you choose to, you know, go to college and get that degree. You're not going to be handed your keys to your apartment. You're not going to be handed or your keys to even your whatever thousand dollar house that you want. Like, that's just not reality. And enjoy the ride. Celebrate the small successes that you have um, and you'll be happier for it.
0: Fantastic advice. Well, Larissa, thank you so much for the time here.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.